Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are back in the shit. We are back in the shit. Last week we had like a nice little vacation into some good romance, some, you know, an actual critique of an actual movie. And we are back in the trenches. I am uh, happy to report, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, let's be positive about it. I mean, this movie is just a little bit over 90 minutes. So, I mean, bless it. We didn't have to suffer through. And we, we know that Rotten Tomatoes is not the end-all be-all, but, you know, for a taste, uh, this movie has 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, if Lucy Fell, 1996, baby. Uh, yes, directed by Eric Schaefer. Now, um, I like to describe Eric Schaefer as not Edward Burns. Um, I think that's accurate. Aggressively not Edward Burns. Accurate. Actually, somebody looked at the poster and was like, oh no, it's Ed Burns. And I was like, you're close. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we, we have not yet tackled Edward Burns yet, but we will because all he makes is just okay rom-coms. That's like his whole thing. Yeah. Like I feel like he made his, he didn't know that he was a prophet, uh, creating a career that we could then podcast about. So thank you, Ed Burns for that. But yes, Mr. Eric Schaefer, not Ed Burns has, uh, is, is responsible for my life's in a turnaround. Never seen it fall which i think i have seen never again wiry splendell mind the get these don't even sound real do these sound real are you trolling me jordan (laughs) i know you're not but um after fall winter so that's a (laughs) it sounds like he's drunk and he's like writing non sequiturs in his diary he also um had a show a short-lived show called gravity which is like very much like his film work that i did watch um just like a lot of like faux existentialism and just brooding and he also had a show where he played himself called i can't believe i'm still single i love that though Uh, (laughs) so this movie uh written directed and starring eric schaefer with a story by credit for someone named tony spiridakis and uh, so this is, we can basically say this is the Eric Schaefer show, and it is uh, quite a show, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's, uh, it, <laughs> I mean, okay, so I am a sucker for 90s rom-coms, uh, something about the nostalgia of it, 90s New York rom-coms. Oh, particularly. yeah. I think the 90s New York romance is very... It's like a anthropological to me. Um, <laughs> so in that sense, I, I loved some of the, the the campiness of this movie, but it's just, man, it makes me angry at the end. Well, okay. So this is, even though this is the Eric Schaefer show, the titular Lucy is supposed to be the star of this film. If Lucy felt like she is the main character. I mean, she's in the title. Yeah. So. Um, the problem With Lucy, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, who, once again, we've mentioned, we love her. We think that she's great. And it's really only her being great and her charm that carries this character, because this character is awful. Yeah, she's 
I just nobody like she's really emotionally manipulative. Yeah. Like she's like straight up emo actually I would you know what? I I can say that uh, a few of her patterns definitely would fall under emotional abuse. One hundred percent. And like she gaslights. Mm-hmm. Um she yeah, she gaslights in multiple ways, like both making people feel crazy for reacting to basic normal human things and also pretending to forget things. Um, and she knows what she's doing. None of this is subconscious. That's the worst part is that she's actively manipulative. Yeah, it it's a problem because the movie tries to explain it at the end with her dad. And you basically find out that all of her abusive patterns come from her dad. But it's like, OK, but we didn't spend the whole movie talking about this. It feels like a very um, thinly written way to explain her and make her more empathetic. But we, like you said, we don't have that the whole movie. So we just think, OK. Sure, she has baggage. And her being and but... her being a therapist is really oh, upsetting it's because very upsetting. Because I would never want a therapist like her. She just looks dismissive. She responds to things dismissively. She's sarcastic with her patients. That's not what she's you want. Judgmental. She's not emotionally present. She's not emotionally available in general as a person. And she's also not emotionally available as a therapist, even on like, you know, a professional level. And it's I don't know. I mean, like Here's the thing. I love Sarah Jessica Parker and, uh, you know, and I love Sex in the City. And so she's charismatic to me in that sense of who she is. But I don't know why and how the movie expected us to actually care about her. Right. It, it's And it's also it's it's even worse because she's not a great character. Um, her best friend, played by Eric Schaefer, is also like not a good character, but he's nice compared to her. <laughs> Yeah, he's a bad person also, and he's, like, creepy and entitled, but he's charismatic compared to her because he's still, like, playful um, just with the world and others. And so even though I don't agree with, like, you know, a lot of what he is, (laughs) uh, he's still, like, I get it. Like, I I get why he's likable. I don't get why her character is likable. Yeah, okay, so we have... (laughs) (laughs) okay this is a very uh welcome to my screenplay welcome i made this in screenplay 101 look at these names sarah jessica parker plays a character named lucy ackerman um eric schaefer plays joe mcgonagall it sounds like both their names were created in like a bot that like generates names for your screenplay (laughs) i know those didn't exist at the point that this was written but it feels that way Ben Stiller pl- plays Bwick <laughs> Elias. I Ben Stiller. Okay, Ben Stiller's <laughs> character deserves like a whole episode. Okay, yeah, we'll get to it. And um, L. McPherson's character is Jane Lindquist. Yes. What? <laughs> like, I, it's like very. It's like the names are trying to be so white and every man that they don't make sense again. Like it's like you've gone into the black hole of of uh, of like white generic names back so that it doesn't feel like names anymore. Okay, and so okay, so this film opens and you Wick can t- Elias. I'm sorry, just can we meditate on that for a sec? Okay. All right, back to what you were saying. So the film opens with, um, okay, so Lucy has just finished hanging out with Dick. Dick seems like her boyfriend at first, and then you realize that they just, like, go out on dates, but she won't say that they're boyfriend and girlfriend. And she keeps on doing this thing called the hug. She hugs him, and he's like, oh, not the hug test again. Like, she's spending time with him. 
in a dating fashion, but he knows that he's not dating material but he wants like i don't understand this relationship it's very weird too because like at first i thought okay they're hookup buddies that haven't labeled themselves as dating you know which would make a little more sense because there's friendship and sex but it's like he's she's like uh Um, trying him like auditioning him but it's like yeah it's like there's this dynamic that's never really explained in the movie where it's known that he is into her and that they hang out in an emotionally intimate way that is you know could be close friendship but is definitely kind of romantic but they never have sex but also she knows that he's into her so it's not like he's pretending to be her friend and secretly pining for her it's like she knows that and she does this weird hug test i don't how is that it's weird like it's it's so weird she acts like her her attention and her love her are things that need to be one like compete for this goes back to the entitlement like it's like she's emotionally unavailable, but she also dangles her emotional unavailable <laughs> unavailability as like a, a shortcoming of everyone else around her. It's like, just like why you're can't not you worthy <laughs> of actually getting to know me? Which okay, yeah, it's a lot of like why can't you rise to meet my unclear, constantly changing yeah, my expectations? Personality that I will never actually show you until I know if you're worth it. But what? I'm beginning to wonder, like, if she's the kind of girl that woman, excuse me. I'm sorry. This movie has influenced me. Um, I, she, girl, I feel you. If As woman, I feel you. See, that feels weird if I say woman. I feel <laughs> she's the sort of woman that I feel like a man right and he also thinks of her as a girl uh, as a confusing kind of like high school girl like uh, it's like okay well women like um, like a man's interpretation of a woman sometimes it's like oh she's crazy oh she's really indecisive oh she doesn't right. say what she wants oh she said that she wanted this but she didn't and then when you actually like look like if there was like a hidden camera where we could see what actually happened it's just that he just wasn't paying attention a lot of the time exactly and like it's she's I don't know. It's it's interesting because she's obviously I do I do think that even though I don't like her character, she does feel smart. Like not that she actually uses her intelligence in good ways or that we get to see the most interesting parts of it, but she does it does feel like the movie fully presents her as a smart person. Um and that's part of how she's able to manipulate people. Um but we don't know what she cares about. Yeah, it, it yeah, it's very hard to know. And I think it's just it almost feels like this character is written from a point of confusion like, mm, well, let's try to understand like what a woman <laughs> what a woman's choices like what might be the thought behind them. But it's like we see the choices, but we don't see the why and we don't understand the why. Like for example, she goes out with this guy um who, uh, for my money, is most known as Bart Bass on Gossip Girl. He go, but she she gets a date with him by calling him an idiot savant, which is weird. But then I remember that she's like a skinny white woman, and maybe she can just kind of say anything and get a date. <laughs> um, and That's then how I've gotten all my dates. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then she like, okay, so she's like mean to this dude, and she goes out with him, and then she's upset about him spending 20 minutes in the bathroom but she never says what he does and they have a full conversation about it but they never say what he does in there they have like a really pretentious like eight minute conversation and and where basically like um basically joe is like oh did like wait oh did he take did he take a shit and she never says and it's like did he and it's just like eight minutes 
minutes of them talking about whether whether uh this guy took a shit and it's like it's not interesting it's one of those times where you feel like from a writer's perspective i almost empathize like the screenwriter is obviously trying to show you know a mundane conversational moment that tells you a lot about the characters right like yeah their friendship i get that i like when those moments are done well they're my favorite parts of movies but this just felt so forced. Like, I was like, I don't care. Every conversation between them sounds forced. Okay, because, like, when... Because yeah. in the beginning, when Dick goes away, um, uh, Eric Schaefer, I'm just going to call him Eric Schaefer, is is just, like, he's painting the wall. He's painting the wall. He's covering up all of these X's. Like, they had just, like, had a giant calendar. And I guess he's a painter, so that explains it. But why were all those X's on oh the wall? God, yeah. So the, okay, yeah, he's a painter. <laughs> And they paint a calendar on one of their walls and fill it up and then repaint it every month. And it's like, I don't know why that cracked me up so much. I was like, this is the ultimate 90s. Like, look at this artsy person. <laughs> I, Ooh. yeah, it's very, I don't, I don't, I don't like get it. He teaches it. art to children. And then he also has his own practice and has a show in the movie. So that's his deal. But like, it's very much like he's an artist and, and like, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is like his, you know, uh, sharp mouth BFF. It's also <laughs> weird that he like, okay, so he's an artist and she's a, she's a, she's a therapist and they share an apartment. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> I, I feel like she gets paid way more than he does. Me too. I also like, <laughs> like, and I mean, this is just something I don't talk about much because it, there's no point because it, it applies to every movie we cover. I'm just like, neither of them make enough to share that huge apartment in Manhattan, even in the 90s, even when Manhattan was like, you know, cheaper and shadier. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe. But yeah, agreed. She <laughs> would make a lot more money than him. He's, a he's like a part time teacher. He's not he's not like full time staff. He's like contract teacher. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's very okay, yeah. and so then very nonchalantly, she's like, "Remember that death pact we made in college?" <laughs> this happens in the first like fifteen minutes of the movie. Yes, because like this movie needs you to know where it's going. <laughs> it needs you to know that it it's for real, that it's deep, that it's artsy, that it's you know, it's just it's just that all these aspects are aspects I enjoy in movies, and I don't even mind if it's corny. Yeah, but this movie is just so heavy handed with it. Yeah, it's very. <sighs> so yeah, they have a death <laughs> pact, and like I mean, you can basically it's one of those kind of yeah. I mean, it's a cliche if, trope of if like we if don't we're not, if we're not like in love with people and we don't have these career goals by 30 we'll just kill ourselves which is very healthy mm, um, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's great as somebody who's 28 i'm like huh okay uh no <laughs> uh yeah so and she has like this whole like math thing where it's just like okay we're gonna children by 33 and then blah 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 there'll be a lot of time and somehow like in this equation she's figured out that there's not going to be divorce but also that divorce is like the worst thing yeah <laughs> like it's gonna ruin her life it's weird to me i mean i guess i do technically know people like this but like i do feel like as you get older like you adjust your expectations because you've been alive and you actually know what it means. Like, I feel like the way they talk about being 30 is the way that a 20 year old talks about being 30, not somebody who's almost 30. Like their expectations just seem really juvenile to me. <laughs> like they're not taking into, like they're not taking into account 
with career goals. They're not taking into account the economy and odds, you know, of being an artist and all these things or relationships and how complicated they are. And so it's just funny that I'm like, they have this juvenile perspective, and they're like, we can just force it now. Well, because it was just like, oh, uh, if we w- divorce unhappy children, worst thing ever. So we might as well let God start Let's fresh see. with us. Yeah, yeah. It's very weird how um, Sarah Jessica Parker talks about suicide because it's the way she talks about it is like she doesn't think she'll actually die, right? That's yeah. kind of what I got from it because she, rather than just saying there's no point in living, she says, we'll let God start fresh. And she keeps saying, like, it's selfish for us to continue without a blank slate. And I'm like, girl, you'll just be dead. <laughs> like, you're not, even if reincarnation is real, you're not going to manifest in the same way. Like, what? Yeah. It's, it's very it's very weird how this movie is hinging around the idea of suicide without actually looking it in the face. Yeah, it doesn't. It does not really deal with this whole suicide thing at very all. well like, at all. And, like, and I didn't ex- like once they said the death pact. I was like, oh, they're gonna handle this clumsily. Like, I did not expect it to be a smart movie about mental health or like the complexities of being suicidal or depressed. But but it really really like screwed the pooch on this. I'm sorry it, for using it, that phrase because it didn't even try. I was waiting for it yeah, to try. Like, it's very like oh like uh you know I'm young and sad and it's like. You guys are both actually doing really well. And they're also you're really young, not like, actually sad, yeah, I would I say. Like, you're young, cute, white people with friends in New York who have pretty cool jobs, even if you hate them. Like, you are doing well. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. So that's her thing. Um, she wants love, but also doesn't like anyone and doesn't seem to have any friends except for him. <laughs> yes, exactly. And um, and it is interesting because like they don't have like a strong sexual tension, but there are no. Movies, that's right? like her brother. Yeah, like it does. Like in some ways, this movie is successful in actually making it feel like a close platonic friendship. Like I believe that. But then, but then there are random times where it's hinted that that might be a factor. Um, but even those feel natural. Um, like, like they're they're on the Brooklyn Bridge at one point, and um, Sarah Jessica Parker asks him, like, "Would you ever drink my spit?" And I can't remember. Oh, I, I'm I'm fucking up. I what? can't remember the context. She had some sort of reference for it, but anyway. Oh, she said she said that like kissing is basically just drinking each other's spit. Oh, anyway, yes. it was see, it was another one of those <laughs> moments in the movie where they were trying to make the dialogue like really deep and fun and. It's original. like, but no, it's not actually but, that. But it felt forced, and I like I can't even put my finger on how to make that conversation work because um, it's not that I don't think it could ever. It's just it didn't. But yeah, so she's talking about that, and it's supposed to be this like, look at how like real and interesting these people are. And he's like, no, I don't think I'd drink your spit. And she's like, what? And then she's like, you're not attracted to me. You don't want to make out with me. And he's like, no, you're gorgeous. I would make out with you right now. And that was the first time I was like, oh, so maybe there is Because it doesn't, because no, they didn't seem attracted to each other until he said that. I'm not going to lie. Even when he said that. I didn't believe him. I I was just like, I still felt like they were platonic because I don't know, maybe this is messed up on my part, but I feel like I've had friendships where I'm like, yeah, that could come into play, but it's not. 
You know what I mean? Like, if we open that door, it could, but neither of us are in that zone. And so that was what I read from that was him being like, yes, we are people attracted to each other's genders, and I think you're cool, of course, you know? Um, But I didn't really read it as him pining after her. No, he doesn't seem to need her at all. To me, it felt like a very clinical adult way of saying, yes, I know you're attractive. Like, Yes, I am. I am aware. Yeah, like, I just have not tapped into that in our relationship. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay, so his thing, um, which is uh, really could have been what the whole movie is about. I think it's really interesting that he felt like, oh, yeah, the woman should be the main character, not me, even though I seem to be the one with all of these I weird hang-ups. super the main character by the end. It's clear it was all about him. But, yeah, it does feel like it's about his fixation on women. Yeah, okay, so he keeps on looking at um, Elle McPherson, who... Uh, is a model who acts in this movie. And, you know, because she wasn't trying so hard to be intelligent, she came off as the most natural performance in the movie. Yeah, no, that, that was the funny <laughs> thing. is like she was cast to be a fantasy, and because of that, she feels very, like, relatable. She Yeah, she's, like, so, she's so comfortable. She's, she's chilling. Like, Dude, do you want to fuck? Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> It's so funny when um he has his art show and he's like all red-faced, even though he went through the whole thing. He has the whole scene where he's in the bodega and he's like trying to get sunscreen and the men at the bodega are trying to put him in the right direction of what kind of sunscreen to get and he's being a little punk. Like, just take, they told you what to get. Like, yeah, just get it. And it's, like, he so it's like, you know your skin type by now bud but like <laughs> he like he yeah so he has this like five year obsession with his neighbor Jane um and basically like it's a very you on Netflix situation except he's not a murderer um, yeah like she just doesn't have curtains and she like undresses <laughs> by her by her window he looks out his window um yeah it's he falls in love with the the fact that she's hot and that she's nearby yeah builds this fantasy and he makes yep. paintings of her and all this stuff yeah he is a he is a peeping tom he like, is doing too much he's a yes peeping tom. like yeah you know i know people can roll in and say she should have gotten curtains and like yeah sure but also like him making paintings of her is definitely uh, that know, is noticing weird someone window does not make you a creep but building a whole shrine to them does um, yeah i don't really it's like, it's I, weird which is why okay so spoiler alert near the end she mentions and this is okay so they <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go forwards in time and then oh, backwards yeah. in time I near, think that's fine near the end she mentions that she knew that he was watching her the whole time and that she started to like enjoy it and he's so shocked and he's so upset <gasps> that he doesn't want to date her oh anymore and i'm just like Doesn't that make you so mad that made it me made so me mad. so angry I because so angry like once he found out it was consensual <laughs> and like kind of kinky he's like ew i just liked objectifying you i didn't want you to like it <laughs> <laughs> And then he, but he treats it like it's like so wrong. Like, why would you let me do that to you? you. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we could just skip to that and then go back to other things. Like, really, like eventually, after five years, he meets her. He invites her to an art, uh, one of his art shows. She comes there. They have a very weird sexual conversation, and it's weird because he's like totally burned and he looks awful, and she's just like, sure, yes. And she's very hot. Like, she's yeah. like, sometimes these movies, I don't need to get into it. But, yeah, she's very hot. She's she, burned. It's whatever. Yeah, I also thought that she was hot, and that is very irregular for me because she's not really my I'm, body I'm type. I'm pretty, like, <laughs> numb to, um, like, God, I'm going to sound like such a monster. I'm pretty numb to thin blondes. No, but, like, there's, 
like these movies that we watch have such types. Yeah. That and I'm glad I'm not like constantly objectifying people, but like yeah. I'm so immune to what these movies tell me I need to like, you know. And so, but with her, it was like, oh shit, okay. Uh, and then she rolls in and she's like hitting on him at the show, and yeah, like you said, they end up being in a situation where they're about to hook up, and then she reveals she's like, oh, I knew you were watching me. I, I thought it was hot, like. And she's basically like, do you want to hook up or not? And he freaks out on her. He's like, it, oh, he's like, I want to date you. I want the reality, which is bullshit because he's no, he obviously liked the fantasy. And she's and then she I love this, though. Yeah, I love how she shut him down. She's like, look at me. And <laughs> <laughs> um, this is not me condoning that people need to look certain ways to date each other. It's just the way that she's just like, dude, like you she's low key. Like you're kind of a creep, but I thought it was hot. And like, let's hook up. But you don't get to come at me with this, like, I want to love you stuff. Yeah. You know, she basically just calls out his double standard. Yeah. You don't want this to be consensual. You want to objectify me and then like magically have me fall in love with you. Yeah. Um, And I, in that sense, I think she was the realest character. She was. I was really into her. He freaks out. He acts like she's betraying him because she knew he was watching him but wasn't creeped out. I don't, I don't even know what are men, like how are men. Like how are they? They're not okay. Obviously, what is going on? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm losing my mind. I was watching this with my friend Charlie. Um. And he was just like, I'm so glad I'm not straight. <laughs> like, this is a mess. I was like, to be fair, and hashtag not all straight people. But like, yeah, this is a mess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's super messy. Um, So, yeah, his whole thing is that he's obsessed with uh, McPherson. And that's really his whole plot. He's not even really. Okay, so um, Lucy starts dating. uh <sighs> Ben Stiller, who is an He's artist. He's an artist named Bwick Elias with white boy dreads. He Yes, he has Counting Crow white it's boy dreads. It's 90s in the worst way. It is the dark side of the 90s. And it's when like, they, I'm an alt-white person, so therefore I have dreadlocks. And so they meet. Um, they, like The way that they meet is kind of like him. He's holding a flower. He's looking at her. He's oh making gosh. all of this eye contact. And then he destroys the flower. And then he presents the destroyed flower like in his hand. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. It was like, I like... It did feel, I mean, it definitely feels like just an accessory character to Zoolander. Like, he's such a cartoon the whole time. Like, he's like, oh, this is my impression of a really pretentious, stupid artist. And in that sense, I enjoyed it because Ben Stiller's a great comedic actor. But everything else about his character, like, uh, Uh, it's this movie exhausted me in so many other ways. I couldn't even enjoy him. It's, it's so also his hair just distracted me. It's so distracting. Um okay, so a person like Lucy, it's weird. What's also weird is that no none of her love interest options would match what an actual person like her would be into. So seeing her with Wick just like it doesn't make sense. Like she doesn't no. seem like no, like what are you <laughs> like this is in the 90s but she feels like she should be with the startup guy to me yeah know? like that's like her vibe or like that is her she vibe yeah easily been with like a manhattan and again this is like you know a few years before um sex in the city but she could have easily been with like a banker mm-hmm. or you know like maybe a, a slightly altruistic banker or something um but yeah being with she doesn't feel 
even though she lives with a painter who's technically a stalker, she doesn't feel really artistic. No. Or interested in that. Um, she's pretty stoic. She seems like she'd be into a very transactional relationship with like a rich guy. And technically, Wick is rich, so he does have he's he's famous. Right. It's like, but I. <laughs> I wonder if, and I think a smarter screenwriter could have been like, okay, maybe she's actively avoiding guys that would actually be impressive that she could have a future with because she's trying to like avoid settling yeah. down. But it doesn't make sense for this movie because that's the whole fucking point is very, that she wants to settle down. I think that's a great point because I do think in a different movie or with a different character, that could be a really interesting, complex plot point is like the very real pattern of, Seeking people that you know you're not right with long term or that maybe you feel a little bit of emotional control because you're not going to be into them as much as other people. Yeah. Um, because you're not ready for a relationship or because you have other shit going. That would be really, really interesting and good. Yeah. But of course, this movie is not doing that. Yeah. It's just no. Not, it, it honestly, you know what it feels like to me is it feels like Eric Schaefer does not know his female characters. And it feels very clear that he is obsessed with the mystery and the concept of women like through um the character of jane you know the model through the window and honestly through sarah jessica parker aka lucy's emotional unavailability like it feels like he likes the idea of women the mystery of women the beauty the the intellect but he doesn't know them and that's what I took away from it. Oh, yeah. And that's and beautifully put. That's honestly how I feel. Honestly, now that we've all said that, the only thing left that I really have to say about this movie is that who allowed Eric Schaefer to have hair like that? I Right? It was so distracting. Actually, I think it's more upsetting than everything else in the movie. Like it's his hair. Even Ben Stiller's dreadlocks. Like, because I, I... Here's the thing is, I... And you know what? at me <laughs> at me on this <laughs> I, I, I here's the problem eric schaefer's character by the end i hated him for sure yeah definitely but, like half of the movie i knew that he was messed up but i was like he's he's funny he's kind of charismatic I yeah it. he's likable i'd be his yeah when he's man. like with the kids like he's he's really good he's with the kids really good with kids which is super sweet and like i i have enough knowledge about myself to know how I interact with people in real life versus, you know, in concept. I'm like, if I met him, I'd probably like him, you know? Um, but his character gets horrible at the end. And like you said, it's just, this is, I don't know if this is a male artist thing or if this is a male privilege thing, or maybe people will say it's not about being male, but it definitely is. Um, it's like he didn't give himself a good haircut. Like, it's so I'm not body shaming. I'm saying bad. you're in a movie where you're making yourself the romantic guy and like Sarah Jessica Parker's got like she's got outfits. She's got She looks great. Makeup, she's got like I don't know. I think it's just I just get exhausted of like knowing all of the shit that women go through to even be in a movie. Um and then like men write one and they're just like I'll put on a polo and I'll be the romantic hero and I'm like this is not about even how you look. This is about a little effort, you know? Oh, my God. Okay, like, so the outfit that he's wearing when he's running. Seem like you get, like, <laughs> wash your face. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, put on some lotion. Like, love yourself. Like, uh, like I'm way more about somebody who, like, doesn't feel they fall into conventional attractiveness, who fucking loves himself and puts that shit out there. Than, yeah, like, just fucking, like. I just, what is this? 
Like, I just, it, no, I mean, okay, like, I have a skincare routine, and I know a lot of people laugh about that kind of thing, but it's like, I use an oil cleanser, then I use a BHA AHA toner, and then I use some AHA gel, and then I put on snail mucin, and then I put on moisturizer, and then I put on sunscreen, and then I put on my makeup, and it's just like... Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they were talking about this other day. I was like, you know, I think that our generation, this is a whole thing piece. I think it's been written plenty of times. Right. Um, but does is less religious, and so we need rituals, you know? And, and I think that, like, skincare or grooming can be a ritual that is calming in that sense. Um, it can also be oppressive in certain forms. But going back to this, it's like you're in a movie. You're writing a movie about yourself. You're making yourself the artist guy. Yeah. Why... Like, love, like, I don't know. I think sometimes there is, like, this masculine, like, there is this taut masculine, straight masculine, heteromasculine, um, cis masculine ideal of, like, if you care about that stuff, you're not masculine or you don't ever have to care about that stuff. And it's like, it can be fun. Like, and also, and also I want to say, it's not embarrassing. It doesn't have to be that vulnerable or scary for you to get a good haircut. And Jesus Christ, please do. Okay. So, I mean, this is the thing, right? Like men all want to be romantic leads sometimes in whatever ways that they want. What they don't understand is that the romantic leads that they love so much moisturize way more than they do. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is it's also just like the labor gap. That's what I'm thinking about. You know, it's the oh yeah, gap. there's it's, yeah um, the beauty labor gap, which is why yeah. I mean, I have a lot of feelings about this, but yeah, it's just so obvious in Hollywood. It's such an obvious example, like women getting surgeries or having professional people do everything on them just so they can get a role, and then like it feels like I know that it can sound shallow out of context, but it. But for me personally, it feels like a slap in the face when male actors not only don't recognize that, but they feel entitled to women doing all this labor and they don't do any of it themselves. I and agree. Performers. Yeah. So. Yeah. Part of being a performer is presentation. Yeah. Which is why I like writing. <laughs> <laughs> and stand up. Uh. <laughs> Like, let me do my amount and that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's I uh, yeah, it's uh, man Eric Schaefer, dude. I know that you don't have the bone structure of Edward Burns, uh, but you can you can do but stuff. That's the thing is I was attracted to you. Like I just yeah. wanted you to like love yourself enough to put on a flattering outfit. That's yeah. literally what it is. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this movie is a hot mess. I think I yeah. would just recommend that you watch Sex in the City instead, which I know is you know has its own things, but it it, it at least um, at least Sarah Jessica Parker gets to be a person in it. Yeah, I can't <laughs> really like think about this. any uh, romantic movies about suicide, um, which is fine. Oh, well, except for wrist cutters, I guess. <laughs> yeah, such a different tone, but again, like you know, makes sense that it is because it's successful. Yeah, and like, and like, I like wrist cutters. I'm one of one of the. It's uh, it's. I don't know if it's well liked. Eh, it's fine. Um, you know, of course, don't watch it if it's gonna trigger you. Also, don't watch this if it's gonna trigger you. But I'm sure, yeah. th- like it, it, like they talk about it. I mean, no one does it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that if you've you've been suicidal, like 
this movie, if anything, you'll just be like, this is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. You know? It's. But also, if, if the concept of it triggers you, don't watch it because it's bad anyway. Yeah. So you do <laughs> actually really like don't need it in your yeah, life. Like, you'll you be. Don't need this. <laughs> you'll be perfectly fine without the Sarah Jessica Parker is in good movies. This is not one of them. Um, Maybe one day we'll figure out if Eric Schaefer has made any good movies because most of them I have you know, not seen. That is, you know, I. I one of my dreams was to be a detective, but yes. without being a cop. Right. Um. And so which is ideal. My way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, this has been the Bad Romance Podcast. Um. You can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bad romance pod we're on twitter at bad romance pod with a zero instead of an o we're on instagram too yes. which bronwyn is super fun with she runs the instagram mostly I'm trying <laughs> to get us on those hashtags i might start doing stories oh like, yeah follow because a lot of weird spam accounts follow and i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> please please follow it's nice pure content that's not gonna spam you and we're not we're not selling you a lie our podcast right. Cast is real. We love your support. We love your attention. We love your requests. Honestly, I get like so excited anytime anyone's like has a suggestion. Like, oh yeah! Like, I had a friend give me last night about a suggestion, and I got like really excited. I was like, oh. Um, they want to know if we're going to do What Men Want, which oh. I, I think we should. I've already seen it, so. Okay. Well, I'll have to see it. Evan, uh, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we might. Um, and, you know, we've got more good stuff and, like, surprises on the way. So just stay tuned. Yes. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. Back it up. Back it up. Let's go this truck. Uh, yeah, back it up, back it up. Uh, uh yeah, let's go 